Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Survive in Advance podcast. The final four is officially here. March Madness has been crazy. March was a crazy month, but champions and legends are born in April because we have the final three games of the NCAA basketball, uh, just final games in regular. I was going to say postseason, but of course, we're going to see who's crowned the champion. They always say the road ends here is the final four slogan, and it's going to be in New Orleans this year. New Orleans is known for having many historic and crazy final fours, so I think this could be one of them. Duke, Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. We get three guaranteed Hall of Fame head coaches, Coach Mike Krzyzewski for the Duke Blue Devils in his last year, and then the fourth coach, the odd man out, Hubert Davis, who's pretty much already building his Hall of Fame resume considering he got the North Carolina job and now he's in in Final Four in his first season and he took this uh, Tar Heel squad who was an eight seed coming into the tournament. Sounds like a pretty good first year resume to me, but let's jump right into it. I always do these games in order of what they're going to be played in, but this is the one time I'm not going to do it. When we get Duke Carolina, the greatest rivalry in college basketball ever, First ever meeting in the March Madness tournament? Can there be a better game? This is part three. They split in the season series in the regular season. Uh, Carolina won at Duke's place, spoiling Coach K's last game at home. And Duke killed North Carolina way early on in the year at uh, North Car- at the Dean Dome. So now we get like the most even matchup ever, besides the fact that it's a two versus eight seed. The spread comes in as Duke as four point favorites, but that means nothing in a game like this. All time in the rivalry, Carolina holds the advantage at a 141 to 115 record against Duke, but Duke has the better team coming to this game. North Carolina has all the momentum. This is a complete toss up. One stat before we jump into this matchup both Duke and Carolina made the final four in 1991. Current North Carolina head coach Hubert Davis was playing on the Tar Heels team at the time, but on the opposite side of the bracket, so they never met in the Final Four. Duke ended up winning the national title that year, and this is Coach K's final season at Duke and now Davis's first season at North Carolina. So Davis has been a part of history within Carolina Duke, and he's got the biggest matchup probably ever in Carolina Duke with a chance to go to the NCAA title. All right, jump into the game. The most recent time these two teams played was at Cameron Indoor. And I, like I said, they spoiled, Carolina spo- spoiled Coach Krzyzewski's final home game. And no one really knew it at the time, but that game served as a huge springboard for both these teams throughout the tournament. Carolina got the momentum that they needed to go into the ACC tournament with. That win at Cameron Indoor pretty much locked North Carolina in the tournament. They were nearly a bubble team at that point in the year. And then for Duke, that loss was killer. Krzyzewski was embarrassed. He said that in his post-game ceremony that was kind of just a depressing ceremony coming off a terrible loss they blew that game and North Carolina played great but if things have been different in Durham come that game I don't think Duke would have had the inspiration and energy to make this run and especially North Carolina with the momentum they came into the NCAA tournament with all right starting with the favored Duke Blue Devils oh before I do that I want to talk about this picture this is the coolest picture in college basketball this year Caleb Logwood Love with the tongue out after Dish and Bay caught the slam at Cameron Indoor to beat Duke. They went up by 10 with like a minute left at that point. I thought it was cool, so I threw it in there. But let's jump into the matchup. This Blue Devils team can score at every level. They have elite scores and especially just elite athletes. You could talk about Paulo Boncaro first. Probably the best, if not, of course, top three player in college basketball this year. He's going to be a lottery pick, maybe first overall. And he's averaging over 17 points per game, playing 
33 minutes, which is fairly surprising. And he shoots a very strong 33% from three for a guy his size and especially 73% from the free throw line, which I like. I still don't think Boncaro's this whole Duke team. I think people overlook Duke as a unit and like to talk about Paolo and his NBA status. And of course, other guys get underwhelmed when that, or get overlooked when stuff like that happens. And the guys I'm talking about are the uh, heart and soul of this Duke team and the other three besides Boncaro. I want to start off with who I think is the X factor on this Duke team in the best all-around player. That's number zero, Wendell Moore Jr., averaging 13.5 points per game. But what I really like about him is he can do it all. He can rebound. He had games this season where he went on streaks with over seven assists per game for multiple weeks in a row. He can fill it up, of course, averaging double digits every night. And then if he's hitting the three, he can be a complete game changer and the best player on the floor because he's a free athlete he can play point guard he can play the two heck he can play the three and he guards like nobody's business and that's what i like to see because duke has struggled on the defensive end all year long and they have the guys to score another one aj griffith aj griffin number 21 on that team just 10 and a half points a game but this guy is a rock solid shooter he reminds me of clay thompson if you want a comparison i like him at 46 percent from three if he's knocking down shots i don't know what caroline is going to be able to do to keep up with the blue deck Duke Blue Devils. And finally, 15, big Mark Williams. He is an absolute game wrecker. He gets overlooked the most because his wingspan, seven plus footer, he can get his hands on every single shot. He's gone games where he scores eight straight points. He's averaging 11.3 points per game. And I would love to see him be more aggressive throughout the tournament. He hasn't been the big guy because I've always said the NCAA tournament is a guards tournament. Look at Abaji. Look at uh, Wendell Moore Jr., especially Colin Gillespie and the guys on the Villanova team. Mark Williams is a big-time player inside, and he can change this game a lot because he's going to be forced with the tough task of guarding big Armando Baycott. Now let's swing it over to the Carolina side. Their offense has shocked me all season uh, because they're just so up and down, but especially in the tournament because they are now consistently getting buckets and doing it very efficiently. I didn't think that they even had the pieces to score a lot, but the two guys that have lifted them and made this team a final four team is Brady Manick and Caleb Love. These two have been great in the tournament. They're shooting the ball at a very effective clip. I mean, they're only in this position because it took 27 second half points out of Caleb Love to put the Tar Heels in the Elite Eight. So look at their point guard doing it all. He was... Always getting the shots up was love. I mean, look at his attempts per game. He only shoots uh, from the field. Not very good. I mean, 37% is not terrible, but he averages 15.7. He's been excellent in the tournament and especially from beyond the arc. And then no one's been better than Brady Manick, probably the most efficient shooter in college basketball. Dude's hit over three and a half threes in every single game this tournament. And he's averaging 15.2 points per game on the season. So both these guys can fill it up, but they need to be the backups they've been all throughout the tournament to big Armando Baycott because Baycott's their guy. I don't think Duke has a center that can bang with Baycott consistently. We know that they have Mark Williams, like I talked about, but he is a thin shot blocker. Baycott can go up into him and maybe tell him to hit the weight room a little bit. I think Duke does have a decent matchup that they might like with Theo John, their backup center who comes off the bench. And that dude looks like an offensive lineman in the NFL. He's big, strong, and he can probably is going to be up for the test of Armando Baycott. I personally think Baycock got snubbed of ACC player of the year, but that doesn't matter now because he's got a chance to win the title. I just think that all in all, this game is a complete toss up. Carolina comes in with all the momentum. There's no denying that Duke has the better team. They have the NBA prospects. They 
can score inside, out, alley-oop, three-pointer, whatever you want to call it. But I think the game does come down to the X factor. So for Duke, like I said, Wendell Moore Jr., what does he bring to this game? A.J. Griffith, how does he shoot the ball? And the one that I forgot to talk about, and it really sticks out to me throughout the tournament, is Jeremy Roach. The freshman point guard has been filling it up. He played great in their game against Texas Tech, played even better against Arkansas, in my opinion. He's been the facilitator for Duke to allow guys like Boncaro to just be a wing scorer or a post scorer, and that helps a ton, especially for head coach Mike Krzyzewski, because he can get his skill guys going without them having to get other people going on their own. So back to the prediction this game can go completely either way. It's Carolina Duke. I advise that if you are going to watch this game, don't pick a team. Don't bet on it. This is just great basketball because at one neutral environment in New Orleans, we're going to see what? Probably 40,000 strong at this game, maybe more. It's in the Caesar Superdome. And we get Carolina Duke. So it's the complete opposite of Cameron Indoor packing in as many people as they can get in that tiny building. And then it's just a switch up from Durham, North Carolina. I can't wait for it. I do have the Duke Blue Devils going the NCAA championship. They were my pick in my bracket earlier on. I know my bracket's been horrendous, but they're kind of my uh, last man alive in a way because I do think Duke is the best team. They've been the best team. They are the most talented team. And the only thing holding them back is their defense. I think they do it. And I think we see Krzyzewski in his final year in the final game. So that's it, Carolina Duke. Now we're moving on to the more underwhelming game. Oh, wait, actually one more bit I want to throw in. I like the over 151 points in this game. I think both teams just have such great scores and they have so much momentum shooting at such a high clip and they both play fairly fast. I see a lot of points. Give me over 151. Now to Villanova versus Kansas. I say that with a deep breath just because it's a, the more underwhelming game. And of course it's the final four. So these are the best two games we're going to get all season. But when we get such a, Spoil or it spoils the party pretty much for these guys who play early on because everyone is really there besides if you're from Kansas city or Philadelphia, but everyone's there to see Carolina Duke. And if you want to argue with that with me, I can argue for all year for that. Kansas comes in this game as a four and a half point favorite Villanova comes in beat up. The biggest headline of this game on paper pregame is Justin Moore. This guy tore his Achilles tendon against Houston in the previous round, it really stinks because he's been playing great all year and he's one of their X-Factor guys. We know they have Gillespie as the ultimate game manager, but look at this picture. All these guys, nearly the same height. They play small ball and they all fill a role more averaging just under 15 points per game. So he's a huge piece offensively, defensively, and we know how Jay Wright squads are. They're nearly perfect. I want to talk about Nova just on that same note. I'll get off this picture, which is pretty sad, but they're the ultimate coaches team. They probably have the best coach, in my opinion, right now in the tournament. You could say Coach Krzyzewski, but he's been a little bit, uh, I'm not, not using the word lackadaisical. He, in his last year, he's, it's gotten to him. It's good that he's retiring. He's had to leave some games at halftime, but throughout the tournament, Coach K's brought all the energy. So maybe I'm wrong, but Jay Wright is the best coach, in my opinion, in the Kansas Villanova game, at least. I think he's a little bit better than Bill Self. But the thing that sticks out to me is how perfect his teams are coaching-wise. They play exceptional defense. They do all the little things correctly. They held Houston just 44 points in the Elite Eight game, and they didn't miss a single free throw as a team. They were 15 for 15 from the charity stripe. I think Jay Wright, 
has just coached this team to complete perfection. I don't think they're that talented. They're probably the least talented, maybe Carolina of teams in the tournament, but they just find ways to win. And that's the reputation that he's building for this Villanova squad. You can look at them on paper. Gillespie, the leading scorer with 15.6 points a game. And then Jermaine Samuels after him, if we cross out Justin Moore. Samuels, Caleb Daniels, and Brandon Slater are going to have to play huge. I think Slater's the X factor in a way because he's only averaging just over eight points per game. And yeah, that's nice. But when you're losing Justin Moore and they only scored 50 points against uh, Houston in the previous round, they're going to need a lot of backup in this one, especially to keep up with a red hot and very fast paced Kansas Jayhawks team. Swinging it over to the Jayhawks. These guys, they get it done. And they're a hard team to watch. If you're a Jayhawks fan, you almost had a stroke last game because they, at halftime of the Miami game, they were down 35 to 29, and then they ended up winning the game 76 to 50. So I don't know what that tells you. I mean, what is that? 47 points and a half. Is that, I mean, of course that's good, but how weak the first half was, they are a streaky team, but I just think they have so many pieces that they're arguably the second most talented team in this tournament. We see Remy Martin right there. We know on paper, Ochai Abaji is their star. I like Mitch Lightfoot and David McCormack for these guys, though. The two big guys are probably the X factors. I always like to point out things that you guys might not be able to read on other sources. This is just my opinion, but two big guys like McCormack and Lightfoot. I mean, heck, Lightfoot is the all-time Kansas Jayhawk leading. Uh, he has, he's played in the most games for the Jayhawks throughout an entire career in school history. So, that's a pretty cool stat, but either way, veterans like that are what makes these teams run so special at what it's what helps these young guys that go to these blue blood schools that might go to the draft early, feel comfortable in games of this magnitude. And especially in that kind of environment in a sold out Superdome in uh, new Orleans this weekend, but talking about the Jayhawks, of course, Abaji 19 points a game. I just love how good he is from every level of the floor. He shoots nearly 40% from three, but also just on two-point attempts, he's shooting 54%. So some guys are higher than that, but Abaji can make his living dunking on your face, pulling up from 40 feet, or of course, just stepping in on a mid-range off a pick and roll and taking that nice little two-point deuce. I think he's very talented, but not a complete game controller. I think there's a lot of other guys that can take over a game better than him that are left. I think Caleb Love, you could argue, considering what he did um, against who was that UCLA in the sweet 16 game to put them in the uh, lead eight before they beat St. Peter's. And I think Abaji can do it, but he needs help. And I like the, the supporting cast of this Kansas Jayhawks team, Christian Braun, their second leading scorer. This dude flies under the radar, like nobody's business, 14.3 points per game. And he's really just a good passer. He's very tall for a point guard. And if he's hitting the three ball, he might be one of the best maybe top 10, top five point guard in college basketball. I also like Jalen Wilson. He's their third leading scorer, but not nearly as much as Remy Martin. I was talking about this guy. He came in as a big 12 first team all selection. He's an Arizona state transfer and he was a huge recruit, but he is a very much so a coach's player. He makes big shots, makes the right decision. And boy, does he knock down shots at critical times. That's what I like about him. He's a big time chemistry guy. You can tell the team and the Jayhawks rally around him. And he only averages just over eight and a half points per game, but just the free throw percentage around 75% is rock solid. I'd like to see it a hair higher, but he's shooting from the field. Uh, shoot, where's it? Oh, like 46%. And he's shooting a lot of three pointers. So if he turns into just a sharpshooter, I don't like that for Remy Martin. I like him as the game manager point guard 
to back up and play a little duo tandem ball with Christian Braun. I think the Jayhawks very good, very talented. It is Nova. It is Kansas, two blue bloods. This is probably the blue bloodiest tournament we've ever had. Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Nova. I have to lean Kansas because they are the better team. I think they're significantly the better team, but Villanova always finds a way to win big games when they probably shouldn't. I just think that them playing small ball and this guy like McCormick and Kansas's size at literally every position. I mean, I talked about Braun. Their point guard is six foot seven, guys. They're too big. It's too much. I think Gillespie plays big. I said if Villanova wins this game, Slater is going to have to play a huge role as he's only averaging eight a game. I think we need 15 to 20 out of him. We'll see what happens. It's the final four. I'm going with the favorites, which I rarely do but I like Kansas and I love Duke. I took Duke to win it all. I'm still riding with the Blue Devils. Quick stats before I send you guys off here, just talking about the Duke Carolina game because I'm so excited for it. So I broke down some numbers because it was such hard math and I'm such a genius. I'm kidding, by the way. Coach K is going for his sixth national championship in his 42nd season at Duke. If the Dukies win the title here, that gives Coach K nearly a 17% success rate on winning a national championship as a college basketball head coach. That's an insane clip nearly every five seasons, just over, of course. He's bringing a title back to Durham. I think that's really cool. They're still recruiting. The Duke program has changed forever, and I really appreciate his legacy. I'm not going to do like a podcast on him because I didn't do one when Brady retired. But, of course, Brady's back. Coach K is definitely not coming back. And he's already surpassed John Wooden for trips to the Final Four, with this being his 13th trip. His previous five national championships have came in 91, 92, 2001, 2010, and 2015 was his most recent. I think 2022 could be a banner hanging in Cameron Indoor come next year. So I'm going for the Duke Blue Devils. I'm not a fan of any of these teams in the tournament. Just rocking with the better, more talented, all-around team. It's been a great year, guys. College basketball, so entertaining week in and week out. And I really appreciate this podcast getting to where it was because of college basketball in the NFL. I think we're doing a master's podcast next week if you're into golf, but we're going to stay in touch, of course, trying to report on everything we can. But for the time being, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the craziest Final Four I think I'm going to experience in my life with the blue bloodiest teams ever. I'll leave you with that. Go Duke and stay safe. (laughs) 